It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Well, hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to another Upfront radio program. We do this on a Monday through Friday basis, and uh, each day we uh, try to send it in a different direction, like the spoke on a wheel. Mondays is Dick Bouchard, and uh, he comes in here with um, his uh, pr- preparation and uh, does uh, what we call the Dick Bouchard thing, and uh, we operate Tuesday through Friday. Today, it's uh, Christopher Boulay, as we've had for many years here on the program, and uh, he sits in and offers his uh, viewpoint on a number of topics. We'll be hearing from him in uh, a moment. And tomorrow, um, I guess it's Thomas Paolino will be uh, joining us, state senator. So, uh, let's see. Chris' microphone is on. Good morning to you, Chris, and uh, welcome to Thursday morning. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, Alyssa. It's fantastic to be here. Nice to have you in studio. It is a talk show, and if you would like to talk to us... You're welcome to call us, and uh, the number is 766-1380, We'll chat about any topic whatsoever. I'm looking down at the line here, Chris. I don't know if it's our popularity or something, but uh, we already have a caller waiting. So uh, why don't we get underway with that? Huh? Yes, we are world famous in one socket. All right, you're on the uh, Upfront program, and how are you today? Good morning. Good My morning. My name is Scott, and... Uh I'd like to say, gentlemen, that uh, every passing day is another nail in the coffin of the United States' uh, economy. This economy is in precarious. Uh, it's in dire straits. And uh, anyone who uh, says we are in a recession, uh, they're just fooling themselves. Let's call it what it is. We are in a worse. We are in a second Great Depression. This has surpassed the Great Depression of, that began in 1929 with the stock market crash. Uh, when people think that when the when so-called states open up that things are going to get normal, uh, let's be very frank here. They're never going to be normal. The damage done to the United States economy has been irreparable. I want to focus on the stock market for a moment. Uh, the stock market really annoys me because it keeps going up while Main Street is in a deep depression. Uh, the stock market is completely detached from Main Street. Folks on Main Street, they couldn't give a damn about uh, uh, Wall Street because it doesn't do anything for them. It does something for the 1% to control all the wealth, but nothing for the man on Main Street. Uh, Furthermore, the stock market keeps going up because the Federal Reserve continues to pump trillions into the market to prop it up. In other words, the stock market is on, if you will, if a man was in a coma in a hospital and he would be on life support and they pull the plug, he's dead. Uh, that's, that's an excellent analogy for the stock market. It's on life support uh, uh, because the Federal Reserve keeps it on life support. If the Federal Reserve was to pull the plug tomorrow and say no more trillions and trillions for you, the stock market would literally die. Uh, it really should be like 5000 uh, at most. Uh, it, it, needs, it really, reflecting the economy, it should be 20,000 points lower. People may beg to differ, but, uh, but it's true. Uh, anyway, uh, the market would just collapse, without, as I said, without the uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 propping up by the, uh, uh, the Federal Reserve. The stock market is just phony and rigged, and it is merely a casino for the 1%. And make no mistake, let's, let's spit it out and call it as, let's not sugarcoat it here. The international bankers control it, and when I mean that, I'm referring to Janet Yellen and Alan Greenspan and the Rothschilds mm-hmm. and Steve Mnuchin. And, uh, but that, that's no surprise because the Jews also control the media, Hollywood, and American foreign oh, yeah. policy. We've heard this uh, before from you. So you've got 30 seconds to finish your speech yeah, here uh, on your uh, I want, agenda. I just, just say this. Thank you for taking my call. I have mm-hmm. never been so fearful for America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just say this. However it ends... It's going to end horrifically. Mm-hmm. The economy is in a shambles. And all I can say is, do you, do you God wanna, bless do, America. Do you, you want to hang on and response, or do you want to hang up and have me respond? Oh, uh, I, I have a preference here. I want him to hang up, and then I want you to respond. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for your call, sir. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. I've been down the road with this caller before. Uh, you'd just be interrupted. So, go ahead. Well, I, what I want to ask the gentleman, what does he do for a living? Mm-hmm. And... You can use the 1% analogy, but never have more American households own stock. 
it's over 75 percent. So you go back 30, 40, 50 years, there were fewer people who owned stock than they do now. So never has the American public owned more stock. So to say it's benefiting the 1%, I, I think, is incorrect. I also wanted to know what the gentleman did for a living. If he worked for a union or something like that, he sure as heck cares about the stock market because his pension depends on the stock market. And so that affects almost everyone. So if you pay taxes, say, into Rhode Island, about $600 million a year of the budget of $10 billion goes to the state pension plan. So if the stock market doesn't do well, your contributions are going to increase. And when you're buying stocks, you're buying a stream of earnings. So it's all about expectations. So it, uh, you can make an argument that the stock market got ahead of itself. You can make an argument that there's an exception where people feel that it's, it's pursued. But as said by uh, Jerome Powell Sunday, and he's repeated a comment that Warren Buffett has made. It's something I believe in. It's damn hard to bet against the United States of America. We've been down this path before. And to have this doom and gloom that we're all dead and hell in a handbasket, I think is un-American. And I think it keeps you up at night for no reason. And I firmly believe, what is this, uh, May 21st? So, yes, it is. So, all right, so we'll, we'll talk about this in a year from now, May 21st, and we'll see. I'm talking about next year. We'll talk about this and how things have changed or not changed, and are we back? So to blame everything on one race to say that the media is controlled by a group of people, eh, that doesn't make any sense to me. And it never has more people own stocks, and it affects everyone. So when you're... Buying stocks, you're taking an estimation of what you think will happen. Of course, we can talk about this. There was news this uh, this week that uh, a company from Cambridge has made great strides on a vaccine, and that's really a game changer. So I dismiss anyone who's got the doom and gloom that we're all done in hell in a handbasket. I don't accept that one bit. Well, I've been down the road with this caller a number of times before. We give them... A certain amount of time, uh, they have uh, what we would call a political ideology that you are not going to turn around one way or the other. And uh, it is a talk show, and uh, so uh, we don't censor our calls. So uh, he's entitled to say what he said, but he said it before, and we let it let him say it again. And, but, but I do appreciate the, the response because uh, some of this stuff um, is on the uh, Internet all the time in social media and uh, uh, does uh, need a measured response every once in a while. Thank you. But, again, I want to encourage the caller. We do not want this to be an echo chamber. We get a lot of callers who agree with us constantly, and, and that's not what we want. It makes for better radio. It makes for better discussion with people disagree but man to go around being fearful about everything like that is is no way to go through life young man it is a talk show and your calls are welcome and the telephone number is 7690600766 anything that you would like to talk about bring it up and uh, we'll uh, we'll give you uh, our opinion that's, that's exactly what happened in the first part of the program with that caller and uh, thank you chris for the retort as they say other topics? Would you like to bring up a topic, sir, um, or or not? Well, um, they have so many issues to talk about, but let's dovetail on uh, Jerome Powell. The head of the Federal Reserve was on 60 Minutes on Sunday night, and I was very, very impressed. Going back to the call, we're talking about the Federal Reserve. Certainly, zero interest rates are going to boost the economy, and that's the job of the Federal Reserve to moderate the economy. And trying to keep full employment, which used to be considered at 4% until Donald Trump got in office. And then we had unemployment at 3.5%, which was thought to be impossible. But he came across as a very strong leader, very balanced, very moderate, saying, yeah, things are going to get tough right now. We're slowing down the economy. Our GDP, our gross domestic product, could be down as much as 30%. Unemployment's going to peak. But again, one of my favorite sayings is... Do not bet against the United States of America. So it was very, very optimistic. We talked about the vaccine. And with uh, there's a company in Cambridge, Massachusetts, that made great strides on phase one of a vaccine. You've got the entire world uh, following this. And I thought he was very realistic, very moderate. And although the president of the United States likes to poke fun at him and say uh, outrageous things, the guy's doing a great job. One thing that I'm 
comfortable with that would be very bad for America would be negative interest rates. So that question was posed to him. I think the president is wrong that he encouraged negative interest rates. I think it encourages poor behavior. Again, for the listening audience, negative interest rates, and when you put money in the bank and you have to pay for the money to be there, is very common hmm. in Europe. There's about $70 trillion of money that's in negative interest rates. And I just think it's a terrible sign for the economy. And he dismissed it out of hand. And I thought that was terrific. And then our president is very, very intelligent. So sometimes he throws stuff out there to see if it will stick. But negative interest rates are a real bad sign uh, for the economy. And he dismissed it. So low interest rates are going to help companies borrow. And... Um, that I wanted to focus on that because I thought he did a terrific job. So in negative interest rates, somebody would put $100,000 in the bank and they would pay to keep it safe? Is that, um, uh, you know, because you don't want to keep it under your mattress. Um, so you want to keep it in a place that it's protected. Is that what you're paying for or do I misunderstand the concept? Well, negative interest rates is something that's very, very foreign. Um, I like to go down memory lane with you, a company that used to advertise with WNRI years ago, Marquette Credit Union. Yes, I um, remember them. In Eastland Bank. Both banks are no longer in existence, but you would have to constantly update the ads because they were paying 10 and a quarter percent for a CD, and then all of a sudden they're paying 10 and a half percent, and you've got to change the ad. Those days are gone, and low interest rates have gone down, down, down for 40 years now. What would happen in a negative interest rate environment? You would put $100,000 in an XYZ bank. And after a year, maybe he would get back $99,920. You would actually have to pay $80 or whatever the interest rate is mm -hmm. to keep the money there, which is just very, very bad. And it's something that we've never seen before. <laughs> I remember changing those ads, just like you said. Uh, uh, the only thing I, I remember a little bit different from what you said is though I remember 13 14%. For um, IRAs, is that what they were at the time? Mm -hmm. Or uh, money markers or whatever they were? But, um, yeah, uh, absolutely incredible numbers. One, uh, uh, some of my older coworkers uh, love to pick their brains. Uh -huh. And they've been through many, many markets. And they told me stories in the late 70s that they would call their regular clients. And they would have a 17% municipal bond. Meaning the bond would pay 17% interest, and because it was a municipal bond, 99% of them are tax-free. And the clients would say, nah, I think we can do better. I would pass on that. <laughs> and so that's the kind of environment. I had a mortgage in 1991. It was 8.5%. Now a 30-year mortgage is in the threes. It's a, it's a challenging environment and something I embrace because 50% of my job as a financial advisor is to find people who find people ways to earn higher interest rates in a safe manner that people are used to um, having money in Eastland and Marquette and other banks that were paying 8, 9, 10% interest and those things are going. Think about the scenario and with this. You got a million dollars. And you want to live on that money, and you are getting $80,000 a year on that money because the interest rates or the return that you were getting in a fixed income instrument was 8%. Now you go and you bring it here, and you're getting $10,000 that million dollars. That's a drastic change to your lifestyle when you're taking a 87% haircut. <laughs> That's for sure. All right, we'll get to some other topics in a few moments. Stay right along with us. We're doing the Upfront program. And we're reminding you about um, the right scoop. What is the right scoop? Well, it's right at Wright's Dairy Farm to begin with. And it officially opened, uh, I think it was yesterday they opened. Uh, yeah, yesterday was Wednesday. And uh, this, uh, this is the ice cream season. And it has arrived. And we are serving ice cream in the safest way possible. And we'll begin the, uh, the season by scooping ice cream out of our cake shop. And serving it to you car hop style. That's right. We'll bring it right to your window. So what do you do? You visit the farm, Wright's Dairy Farm. You remain in your vehicle. And then you, you place your order from your smartphone. And uh, all you can just call them on, on, you know, on their telephone number. It's, uh, it'll be up to you how, how you want to do it. But uh, if you've got the smartphone, it's WrightsScoopRI.com. 
And then once they get the order, they'll they'll scoop the ice cream and top it off with, uh, of course, uh, chocolate and and cherries is what I want, and then and some whipped cream. And then they'll they'll pack your uh, your ice cream for for you to enjoy in your car, or you can uh, take it to go uh, drive uh, drive away and find a nice uh, shady spot under a tree. Our May hours for the right scoop at Rice Dairy Farm is daily from noontime to 7 p.m. So if you like ice cream like I do, and incidentally, what ice cream are they using? <laughs> They're using their own ice cream. Ice cream made right there at Wright's Dairy Farm. Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California. In six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and a Moscato. And yes, it's still two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyards of California. Quality wine. And the sale goes on on Kettle Vodka, $32.99 for the 1.75 liter bottle. And Bacati Rum, the 1.75 liter bottle, is only $23.99. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, $25.50 plus tax. Champs Liquors for Keyway does high-rise and senior complex delivery service, too. Champs Liquors for Keyway, Clinton Street, Woonsocket. And we do door service at Champs. Uh, which means uh, if you want a nice uh, bottle of wine or uh, maybe uh, some um, Drambuie or maybe some Southern Comfort Manhattan or whatever you like, we'll, um, we'll take it right off the counter and uh, wipe it off for you and bag it and uh, you can bring it home. We have it at Champs Liquors for Keyway. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, our panel is Roger, uh, that's me, and uh, Chris Boulay, he's over there, that's him. And we, uh, we chat every uh, Thursday about uh, whatever you would like to talk about. And uh, there are some uh, national issues out there. The only thing I, I want to mention about the coronavirus and what is going on in terms of, um, of policy right now is um, I sit every day uh, in the other studio and... I watched the governor uh, speak for an hour with uh, Nicole Alexander Scott. I listened to the journalist answer questions. And what I'm learning, Chris, is that by if you go back a month ago, those news conferences were run by executive order. This is what we are going to be doing, and uh, this is what you have to do, and that uh, is going to start this Tuesday or it's going to start next Sunday at 1 o'clock or something. Now, I'm watching the governor speak, and her policy is being led by public opinion now. Uh, what's happening is that the restaurant operators from the Hospitality Association are finally putting the pressure on her. The clergy, like Bishop Tobin last weekend, finally putting the pressure on her to, um, to do something. The hairdressers. Of you know they're they're finally getting her to to do something. Those who operate um, you know the summer camps and so forth. And now the governor is responding to public opinion. She used to say science is is what's a driving policy, and the science now is um, maybe not quite as important. Now some people who are scientists or who work in the medical community will say this is crazy what we're doing returning so quickly but if you're in another uh, part of the uh, sector of life um, maybe the business sector you're saying well this has got to be done um, we've done so much damage to the economy if we don't do something quickly and get it moving again um, it may never recover do you agree that she's responding more to public opinion and pressure now than uh, before 
I, I think she is. And more than anyone, you've listened to every conference, right? You've yes, listened? everyone. I haven't missed one yet. So you've listened to every word. And so you can see the changing of everything. I'm, I'm frustrated because I think as, as a citizens, and, and not just our state, we've been lied to. The premise to doing this was to make sure that we could stem the tide and make sure that we weren't going to overwhelm our hospitals and make sure that we didn't have so many cases that people who needed ventilators were going to not get access to them. And we, they've been, we've been lied to. And we're being treated like children. And we're being dictated. But you'll, if you talk to any members of the General Assembly, they're pretty all feel that the Senate president, and we'll find out more about that tomorrow, and the speaker have no interest in going back in session. They said, this is too big for us, too. We'll just let the governor handle it. And th there's no oversight. So she's making edicts. So somebody has to step up and handle this. And she's the only one doing it with no offset by the Senate president, no offset by the speaker. And they formed a committee, but it's a problem that they can't solve because I think there's a $238 million hole in the budget that, that we've created. But again, I sent you an article that you may have talked about this week in the Providence Journal. There's 170 restaurants who wrote a letter urging Ramondo to allow indoor dining by June 1st. And you look at the inconsistencies. You look at the fact that she is saying you can't gather in church, but you can go to Walmart and Target. You can't vote, so we're going to have balloting remotely, uh, uh, mail-in ballots. And then if you're any discerning citizen, you look at this and say, this is all BS. You lied about the reasons why we're doing this, and now you're off on a power trip. And she's also speaking down to all of us like we're children. We've had people, you know, criticize our attitude about moving forward. And my answer to those people is if you want to stay home, you stay home. Nobody's forcing you to go outside. If you want to be a shut-in and that's the way you want to live your life and you want to live in fear, then do so. Uh, and I've mentioned this before. There's about 45,000 Americans who die in car accidents every year. So if you're going to start using the death toll, which is minuscule compared to the number of people, and the recovery rate of uh, the coronavirus is about 99%, so you start taking all that, I can make a case that we should eliminate all cars. You shouldn't be driving. So I don't want to live my life in fear. I want to choose what I want to do, and I want to give the governor... Uh, a little bit of leeway because this is bigger than all of us, but the way she's talked down to everyone and under the lying premise and the changing premise that we're being told what to do, I am uh, very, very frustrated. We're going to grab another call right here on the Upfront Program. Hello, what's your comment today? Good morning, Roger, and good morning, Chris Boulay. Good morning. Um, the other part that I think is important is a symbiotic, like, how we all, I want to buy things. It isn't just like, businesses want to open, it's not safe. I want to buy things. I want new shoes. I want to get a pair of slacks up, whatever. I, I don't, you know, if you don't want to go out, like Chris just said, that, that's fine. But purchases, people that are out there that don't own businesses want to spend their money. I want new things. And I, and I need the stores opened up so I can purchase them. I don't buy clothes online or, you know, so that's the other side I just want to point out. It's important. So it isn't just the businesses, but I want to buy things. The places are closed up or limited to two or three people inside. That's going to deter me from wasting my time standing in line to go in to buy a pair of new shoes. Mm. Anyway, so thank you. Well, well hang, 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 hang on, because you're making a, a great point that there's a tremendous pent-up de demand. You've got... People out there who've got $2,400 for, for uh, you know, average income and below who are getting $2,400. Right. You've got pent-up demand. So I'm an optimist, and I think we're going to have a V-shaped recovery. There's so much pent-up demand. People want to eat. Um, I, had a, I had a politician, who I, a local politician, who I won't name, and we, we always have playful discussions because this individual is much more liberal than I am. And he says, I miss Kay so much. I, I, I want to sit at the bar. I, I would even let you buy me a drink. And, you know, and uh, it was, it was, son, it was, that's a concession. It, yeah, it was, it was said in, in uh, playfulness. But uh, 
that, you know, I, I miss my K's. I miss all the restaurants. I, I miss Chan's. I, I miss all the restaurants. You look at the 1149 Club in Warwick. It's closed permanently because of the damage that's been done. And um, we've got to turn this around. But you make a great point. Okay. And uh, we, I'll let you guys we, go. We, yeah, we've I, got I, enjoy, to, okay. I enjoy listening to Chris and Roger. I, I enjoy you having him on. Yeah, thank you. I, I love having him. <laughs> I think okay, he, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. He offers a great perspective. Absolutely. All right. Uh, 7690600766-1380 is our telephone number, and we're chatting about various topics. So um, during the week, um, we have various guests on the program, and uh, one of those guests um, is, after a city council meeting, a council member. We had Denise Sierra here, and she was here on Tuesday. Uh, and then, so we also have uh, the um, mayor of the city of Woonsocket, and um, she was here. And not everybody is excited about her visit. Did you realize that, Chris? Like, for instance, this guy. How much longer will she have this platform on your radio station to convince the people that a dollar store, an auto pot store, a church, and a parking lot are big things happening? Says uh, this, uh, this, this caller who obviously is not a, a big supporter of her. But what happened is I asked her a question about economic development. And um, and it started with the plasma center that's being constructed up at Walnut Hill Plaza. And, and then she went to the race uh, company uh, that's building that, uh, that's planning to build that 65,000 square foot building in the industrial park. But then she mentioned all these other uh, little things uh, like... Um, I think it's at Waters Church is building out a worship center where the old CVS uh, Mark Stevens store was. And um, and I guess she's putting that under economic development. Now, whether you want to count that as economic development or count it as um, just something happening in the city is is uh, up to you. But apparently this caller um, uh, said uh, that maybe I should have challenged her on that and said, hey. Don't talk about a church building out space um, in a retail area as economic development. Maybe I should have said that, but I didn't. Well. I'm a nice guy. Like <laughs> I, Larry Poitras. You're, you're a very nice guy. You're one of my favorite people in the world. If regular listeners couldn't figure that out. Um, it, it's tough because you can't. I don't think you can make a strong case that the mayor is doing a bad job. No, she's been here five years. We've had a great economy, and she's held the line on taxes. I, I just have a philosophical difference with some of the things that she says. One of the things that she said on Wednesday or yesterday, she's very proud the fact that the city hasn't borrowed any money. Um, I think that's short-sighted and weak, and I, I think it's we can do better because municipalities generally can borrow at money that's lower than, than money, folks, because the cities can't, the municipalities can't tax the, the federal government and vice versa. So every borrowing is done in a tax-free manner for most investors. So if you're able to borrow money at, say, 2% and you're getting a return on investment of 10%, I, I think that's something you want to do. Rich company is coming into the city and they're going to invest $9 million. I don't think they're paying cash for everything. They're borrowing the money. they got Sapphire Estates up here and it's a big development. I don't know how many houses they're building, 25 or 30. I don't think they pay cash for that land and all the stuff that they're doing. So when I hear that, I get very, very frustrated and I don't know if it really resonates with the rest of the citizens. I, I think we can do better and we can have better thinking. The other thing that's very, very frustrating is the desire of the mayor to grab every little victory. We move a citizen's bank from one part of Clinton Street and we move it down to another when you call that economic development. I, I think you water down your message when you, when you do that. I think it's very, very frustrating. The city has a half million dollar windfall from Landmark Medical Center because they switch from Nonprofit to profit to nonprofit, and they didn't want to pay the $1.6 million. Well, Jimmy Kanoya had this fixed, and Jimmy Kanoya talked to our local General Assembly delegation, and they put through a bill potentially that was going to say if you are a for profit hospital, you're in, you cannot switch to nonprofit in Rhode Island. So that would have locked in $1.6 million. 
And in fact, the mayor never went down to testify. Maybe she has an excuse, but it's never been addressed. So the bill died to saying, well, if the chief executive officer of the city is not going to testify about this bill, how important can it be? So that's like you grab half a million dollars, but you left $1.6 million on the table. That's like I'm Roger Bouchard's financial advisor, and I made Roger a millionaire. Before Mr. Bouchard met me, he was a multimillionaire. <laughs> so it gets to be very, very frustrating. I'm really not sure that this is all going to resonate with, with the citizens because our tax bills haven't moved. But I get to the point where, hey, I'm here, on here every Thursday. I don't hide. If you can make a case why it's good that Wisconsin is still considered a distressed community, um, I'm all ears. And it's not just Lisa Baldelli-Hunt's fault. Uh, Jerry Boulay was in office when we was uh, chosen a distressed community, a labeled distressed community. It's been Gus Ayer, it's been Franny Langto, it's been Susan Menard, it's been Leo Fontaine. I work in downtown Providence my entire adult life, and I would like Winsocket to have a better reputation than a distressed community. And we haven't seen any leadership from anyone to get us out of that path. And maybe it can't be solved. But to say, okay, we never borrow money, but our roads are paved and the garbage is picked up and the streets are plowed and you should be thankful for that, um, it, doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. We can do better. All right. Thank you. Um, while the mayor was on yesterday, um, what happened is I, I was joking around. I said, I'm not going to bring up Paul Luba again. Uh, but she said, uh, you can bring him up. Um, and so she... Um, she said that he's uh, working for the uh, the city of Woonsocket, and and what kind of a salary is he uh, getting? Is he getting uh, ninety thousand uh, dollars a year uh, to to do his job? And, and anyway, there was a, a dispute uh, about that. And um, Denise uh, Sierra said the reason that uh, she was bringing up the ninety thousand dollars salary from uh, from the city is that uh, when she got a response from. Uh, from the city, that's what uh, she was told. So uh, uh, that's what he's getting. Now, some people would may find that objectionable. Uh, some people may find that he's a, a good guy to have on board right now because we're short some people in the finance department. That's, a, uh, I guess, a just an opinion. You, you either want him on and he's worth the money or you don't want him on. He's not worth the money and uh, it's a waste of money. I don't know. It's up to... Uh, it's up, not up to me to uh, analyze that because I, I don't have the qualifications. Uh, do you know Mr. Luber at all? Uh, at all? Uh, have you met him? I, I haven't met him. Um, obviously, he's been around the city for a while yeah. because we were chosen dis- not only a distressed community, we were run by a budget commission. So I, I felt the bantering back and forth between the city council and the, and the mayor really didn't serve the good of the general public because my understanding is Mr. Luber is making $90,000 a year. The twist is that at the end of the fiscal budget, and my understanding is East Providence and Woonsocket do not fall on, both fall on June 30th. I think just we do. So we're going to, us being the city of Woonsocket, is going to receive a credit from East Providence for half of Mr. Luba's salary and half of his benefits. So I think the answer that the mayor was getting at was that Mr. Lube was only costing us $45,000 plus benefits. Mm-hmm. But it, it was vague almost intentionally, and it was just didn't serve the public's information in the sense that, yes, he is getting paid ninety grand. But I think both parties are asking the wrong question, or the right question is not being asked to them, is if we're out of needing a budget commission, we should have a finance director who can do a budget on her own. She's been through five of them. So I'm not sure what value added Mr. Luber presents. $45,000 plus benefits is not going to break or make our, our budget. But I think the answer needs to be explained for both parties and everyone listening who cares. Yes, Mr. Luber <laughs> makes $90,000 a year. And we also pay benefits there. And the understanding is at the end of the fiscal year, East Province is going to reimburse us for half of that money. So nobody has made a real case why he should be here. It's been very vague. And so that's the answer, people, that he does make 90 grand. So the mayor misspoke yesterday. And but the truth is halfway in the middle. All right. 
<laughs> for anybody listening who cares, I love that line too. We well, are, well, I think yeah. we're full of our self-importance, and yeah. we think everyone cares. Uh, absolutely, yeah. uh, that's why I love the line. <laughs> yeah, no question about it. I guess uh, maybe that could be said for every topic. But uh, if you have any comment on another topic, uh, uh, in case you want to figure this, uh, you, you know, like for instance, you may want to speculate since Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun in Connecticut are going to reoperate or reopen on June first. Will the governor be um, pressed to turn to Twin River and say, hey, guys, like the churches, you've got so much square footage. You have these machines spread all over the place. There must be a way that you can figure out a way to open Twin Don't you think there must be a way to open up the place? Well, we're tomorrow... Uh, Senator Paolino, who's on that committee, there's a bipartisan committee of five senators and five representatives trying to deal with this budget. Of course, they, they're doing it kind of late in the game. But it's well understood by most listeners that our third largest revenue source is gambling. Mm-hmm. We have income tax and we have sales tax and then we have um, gambling. So we're at a tremendous disadvantage. And I think people who, aren't, who can't go to Twin Rivers should probably do an inventory of all the money that they have and realize that nobody goes to uh, – or the Twin River doesn't open up because they have a bunch of winners. But, yeah, it's, it's a big source. And the governor, as you pointed out, and probably no more any, as anyone because you listen to every word, she's now bowing to public opinion. So clearly Twin River management can say – Hey, people are just going to go across the border and gamble in Connecticut. Why don't they gamble here? And why don't you follow suit what they're doing? So, yeah, I would say it's very, very obvious. That's one of the things. I've got this this great thing called an iPhone 11. And during this whole pandemic, when there's a beep that comes from the Providence Journal, it's very unique. I get very nervous because my civil liberties are, are going to be curtailed some way, shape, or form every time the thing came on. So... They're starting to reverse themselves. So, yes, in a long about way, um, yeah, the show just follows suit. There's no question. The key topics, child care uh, and daycare centers. Uh, all right. Now we have a June 1st opening for child care centers. Another topic, churches. Now we have a clear date that churches will be uh, reopened. Uh, th- thank you for calling me. Let's see who's calling me here in the studio. Oh, one of my favorites. Uh, anyway. Um, the churches will be reopened, not this weekend, but the weekend after. So we can cross that one off the list. Here's one I can't figure out why why we haven't heard from, but I think it's coming. I, I think the announcement will be tomorrow, Friday, or next Tuesday, uh, and that's hair salons. Hair salons, she's got to say something about it. Uh, the, the troops are uh, circling. Uh, or or should we say uh, the um, First Nation people are circling (laughs) the station wagon or the uh, wagon trains. But you've got to say something about um, these hair salons and and also nails. I don't know what what they're going to do about that. And then the other thing is inside dining. And I do believe, uh, she mentioned that in phase two, I do believe that as as soon as we have the issue of... um, of outside dining, soon to follow, I think, will be inside dining. I, I'm predicting, Chris, that uh, you might be able to uh, sit down and uh, have that uh, steak. Is that your favorite, the steak sandwich? Um, uh, you know, I, 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 no, I rotate them. Last time, uh, mm-hmm. my, my kids are back home, so I mm-hmm. had last night I had the lobster roll. Oh, my, yeah. my son had the mahi-mahi, and my daughter had the steak sandwich, so I just rotate yeah. them constantly. Yeah, that mahi-mahi, I love that. Anyway, I predict that, um, let's see, this is Thursday. Uh, within two Thursdays from now, I think you might be sitting down and enjoying that sandwich because the pressure is on. And uh, it's just that there may not be somebody sitting sitting next to you, uh, but uh, I do believe that 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 uh, that is coming. So it was daycare, it was church related things like funerals and uh, and and actually going to church. It was a the hair salons, um, and um, and I think we're we're starting to to realize that uh, maybe um, normalcy will will return. I don't know about the. The tourism industry and, and what you can do about that. I, I don't know if you live in Pennsylvania, whether in fact you're thinking about coming to Rhode Island 
for uh, spending uh, a few uh, a few weeks at a Newport hotel. I don't know how that's going to how that's going to work out, but at least it give them the opportunity to come to Rhode Island and uh, and enjoy um, enjoy our seashore. Anyway, that's my speech, and I'm sticking to it. We'll be back in a moment. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. All right, what do I have here? Uh, let's see, let's give you the address. Great Road in North Smithfield. And uh, this is a nice uh, nice piece of property. Uh, it is a country cape. It has a large oak kitchen, first-level den, open living and dining room, young heating system, farmer's porch, sliders to an oversized deck with wooded views, outstanding for storage, walkout basement, great access to Route 146, and close to major shopping at 171. Give Scott McGee a call at 639-2906 and uh, see if um, this is going to be the property that you would like to uh, move into. Let's check in with Al Gagnon. The little red truck is at your service. We are A&R Trailer Rentals in Woonsocket. We're a company that has those 45-foot storage trailers for rent or lease, and 20-foot ground-level containers are also available. And we offer leasing with the option to buy. We specialize in household and commercial storage for the public, so if you're looking for a place to store household items while remodeling or renovating then look no further. We have your temporary storage needs available for a fraction of the cost of those storage facilities. And if you're looking to store seasonal items like uh, snowmobiles or jet skis, we have the perfect solution. Call Al Gagnon at 766-1919. Need temporary storage? With the little red truck, give us a call. And for your lawn and garden, we can deliver Wright's Farm cow manure, or you can select from an organic mix, which is a lab tested by the University of Maine for your lawn and garden, but also gravel, sand, clay, stone dust, and mulch available, delivered right to your property. Al Gagnon's Little Red Truck will bring it to you, and here is his number for rates and more information, 766-1919, 766-1919. There's a church nearby where members are kind and friendly. May we invite you to attend services at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Services are now available on Facebook or Skype on the Internet. Call 658-2748 for information on seeing us online. It's a church where you can hear the gospel, believe in Christ, repent, confess, and be baptized. Join us this week for our prayer and Bible study, Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Sunday services at 1 p.m. Our sermons are understandable to grow you in faith and available online. Again, we are the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, inviting you on your journey of salvation, with services now available on Facebook and Skype. Services conducted by Pastor Marcus Warren. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. I want to say hi to Lucian in North Smithfield, my tomato, tomato juice guide, Lucian. Thank you, and uh, thanks for listening to WNRI. I appreciate that. Welcome back to the program. I'm Roger. Chris is over here. And over here, Chris, is a button with a caller that wants to uh, say hello to us. Hi. Thank you for calling. Good morning, panel. Good morning. You mentioned uh, tourism a short while ago in Rhode yeah. Island. Um, if you were to go on the Internet and check uh, certain uh, hotels in Newport, for example, you would still get the warning... Uh, that uh, the hotel you're calling, calling uh, may be affected by the uh, the virus. Because I had checked uh, uh, the New Harbor in uh, Newport for the 4th of July weekend, and I got that warning, and there was no live person, believe it or not. You had to leave a message, and then they would get back to you. So uh, out-of-state uh, tourism is still being discouraged to a certain extent. Uh, by the uh, the hotels in Newport and perhaps other places. Uh, absolutely. And again, I will, can be accused of being, even though I'm not a registered Republican, I have so much disdain for these Democrats. The only people who probably worse than the state of Rhode Island in terms of pushing the, their uh, their agenda regarding COVID-19 is Hawaii. 
Hawaii is a very, very liberal state. They have the second highest sales tax, excuse me, income tax, 12%, only to be uh, replaced by California, 13%. And they're arresting people who are surfing. So they literally are pulling people out of water who are socially distancing hundreds and hundreds of feet. And uh, they're actually having uh, the Coast Guard, uh, like the local people, pulling them out of water. It, they, they haven't thought this stuff out. And again, this is beyond what people can handle. It's, it's something very, very new. It hasn't happened in 100 years. It's not unprecedented. And you look at Governor Cuomo in New York actually sent many sick people to the nursing homes and told the nursing homes that they could not ask and could not test if people had the COVID-19 while they had a gigantic ship sent by the Republican President Trump that people could have stayed on. So he's created an issue where 50% of the deaths in New York are happening in nursing homes and he was his policies actually created that. So a lot of the things just don't make any sense and if you if you're clear-thinking American and you think about how your rights are being impacted and you look at how these things don't make sense maybe you're like me, you, you get pretty damn mad well, we're getting closer and closer to the uh, summer vacation time and if some of these hotels still are not taking reservations uh, you just wonder if some hotels also may go under never mind the restaurants and the hotels are dealing with the same issue as the restaurants uh, a lot of the people that they laid off because they were closed, uh, when they call them back to work, say, no, I'm getting $600 a week, and I know I'm going to get it through July 31st. And plus, the Democrats have another $3 trillion bill out there that wants to extend it even further. So you have a problem with the uh, hospitality industry getting the workforce back in place to do the laundry uh, to do the uh, manicuring of the uh, of the shrubs and trees um, on the property, and um, to do the rooms and so forth, all this requires personnel who are making more money being out of work than in work. Right, and human nature being what it is, I guess you can't really criticize them because uh, it's been presented them on a silver platter. Right? Yeah, well, I know somebody somebody around the radio station who's. Uh, uh, you know, having uh, one of the best uh, financial periods that they've ever had because of this. All right. All right. Uh, good, uh, good program today, panel. Thank you. See you later. Thanks Thank for the you. call. And then you got in, you've got uh, senators like Jack Reed, who's coming up for re-election, who wants to make sure he tries to do as much damage permanently to this economy as possible by extending the $600 for months and months when uh, there's no um, evidence that we're not getting better. So, going back to the caller, uh, thanks for calling, as always, and thanks for listening. It, the $600 was supposed to stop on July 31st. Senator Reid wants to continue it for, for months and months and think about the damage it's going to create. Democratic policies uh, are uh, scary. They certainly are, and I didn't realize, no, I'm a registered Democrat. So, because I'm a registered Democrat, I get... Um, Democrat um, stuff, and I got a nice, uh, nice letter from Nancy Pelosi the other day, and her agenda. The two biggest things I saw in her letter that I read is, um, uh, let's see, number uh, number one was uh, protecting illegal aliens. Mm -hmm. Number two was making sure that abortion rights are protected, and uh, number three that uh, Republicans uh, don't take away. Uh, Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security, which is not even being discussed out there. But if you put it in a letter, it sounds like um, it sounds like there's an attack going on, and that um, the Republicans have a bill in there to stop Social Security and and all the associated programs uh, with Social Security. There's nothing that's not even being anyway. Uh, they're out there, and they're uh, they're spreading uh, a lot of interesting. Um, um, well, I don't want to call it lies, but uh, it sure looked like a bunch of crap to me. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. Just a couple of minutes. Any, um, uh, well, we'll look at the, the phones are, I guess we can take one more call. Absolutely. Do you know which call came in first? I do not. I, you have a 50-50 chance, though. All right. So I'll, I'll press this button. Assume it came in first. Your comment, see if we can squeeze both comments in. Hello. 
yeah, I'll be quick. Uh, Chris, what do you think about not adding any more to the education department? Because once you give it, you can't cut back any and put extra money in the surplus in case they need it and it cannot be transferred to the education department at that point. I'll hang up and listen. Well, before, before I let you go, are you talking about our particular city, city of Woonsocket? Yes. Okay. But you don't know how much federal money is going to come in for education. Uh, state money, no. We're, they're working on the fair funding formula, yeah. and, which benefits uh, Woonsocket. And my understanding is the education department gets funded a certain amount by the state, and that money can, cannot be commingled. So we have a $150 million budget. We have about a $65 million levy. But most of the other money comes from the uh, state covering the education department. So those monies are pretty much uh, separated and uh, bifurcated. I will see what the federal gives them, too. You Thank bet. You. Thanks. Thanks Bye-bye. for the call. All right. Yeah, $3.25 billion for a small state like Rhode Island. What are we going to do with it? Uh, well, uh, the governor says uh, that some of it's going to go to the hospitals in Rhode Island that uh, took the hit by, um, by opening themselves up to uh, accepting patients with the COVID-19 virus. And stopping all other things like elective surgery and some of their other money-making things that hospitals do to stay in business. So some of that money will be there. But whether any of it will trickle down to Woonsocket RI is another question. Maybe that's what the mayor is thinking about, that we might get a windfall of cash and uh, everything will be okay financially. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) We have uh, another minute to go. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we had another caller, but the caller dropped off. That's why I'm not grabbing that call. Tomorrow, uh, Thomas Paolino, Senate Finance, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So we should get a pretty good idea of where we're going financially with the state of Rhode Island. So I guess we'll save that topic for uh, tomorrow. We'll see you uh, next time. We'll see you tomorrow. Huh? Yes. Oh, wait a minute. We want to plug a... a oh, yeah. Mayor Grebian. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be on WNRI. Uh, a week from yesterday, and this coming Wednesday, uh, the mayor will be talking to all things Pawtucket and also the, the issues that affect Pawtucket, and we'll uh, uh, juxtapose that to Woonsocket and see where we go. Another season without the Paw Sox, too. Nobody's got them. Not Pawtucket, nor Worcester. And um, also, uh, maybe maybe he'll have an update on how they're constructing that park up in Worcester, because I'm, I'm not even sure that's going to be ready for next season. Have a good day, everybody. Bye-bye. Take care. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket.